Uh, so traditionally on Palm Sunday, we look at Jesus coming into uh, Jerusalem and everyone yelling out, uh, this is our king. Uh, they accept Jesus as their king. But what we don't really look at is the dark side of that, that within a few days, all those same people were yelling, crucify him, crucify him, and he's got the label of king above him as he's being killed on a cross. And I know that we don't, we sort of reserve Palm Sunday for that joyful hope of a king in that sense, and we have the, usually have like Good Friday or something as like that, the recognition of that, but I thought that given where we're at, it's a good idea for us to just go ahead and just look at that sort of dark side of this story, uh, because as we come out of COVID, or hopefully you're coming, or something's happening with it, uh, at least in terms of the tears that are, have been set up, something is happening. But, but well, what's our hope going forward? And it's a little bit difficult because as we sort of think about, you know, this uh, Easter is going to be our first service where we all meet together in one location in a year. Um, And when we think about, you know, as a country maybe coming out of COVID, there's just so much violence. You know, there's been these shootings. Um, Is that, you know, sort of our hope coming out? You know, what are we going to do with that? Are we just going to talk about the triumphant entry, but then just sort of push those things to the side? Um, We've got, you know, in our community here, um, you know, we just have all these robberies. Up on the cross are these two robbers. You know, what are we going to do about that? A robber is, the definition of it is someone who is taking what they want from violence. You know, it's not even just the money, it's not just the hate, but it's the violence. It's there. One old guy has already been killed. And you wonder, what we're coming back out, but what about all this? You know, in our own community, a tribe, uh, this past week we've had a, a brother, two of us at tribe, uh, our brother was murdered. What are we going to do about that? You know, we this past month, the violence that's been going around, one of us, our family, paralyzed by it. You know, when before I was born in my hometown in Riverside, there's a, a beautiful community, little neighborhood called Casablanca. And sometime just before I was born, two people got in a fight. One of them walked away paralyzed. What what do you do about that? That's what all these questions lead to. What are we going to do about that? Did the justice system take care of it back then? No. How, How can it take care of that? Even if you lock someone up for a few years, how's that taking care of that? So the families took care of it. And they just started this circle of violence between these two families that when I left, it had been 20 years of violence. I'm sure it's still going on right now, 50 years later. 
Is that what we're going to do about it? You know, we keep thinking that there's this solution that involves us just crucifying all the bad. But if you look at this picture of the cross, you've got two people, one on either side, deserving of something. I don't know if they're deserving of crucifixion, but they're deserving of something. But in the middle of that, you've got a whole lot of innocence that gets swept away with it. Our solutions tend to sweep away a lot of innocence. And it's not really innocent people, because the truth is none of us are innocent. But what gets swept away is what we see in the story is what it is that God is doing to actually give us some sort of hope. Because what we think we're doing is just this circle of violence. But Jesus really is about a different hope. But as we see that playing out, it doesn't end up getting played out in a way that meets our satisfaction because we're only satisfied with, some, with crucifying people. But that's not solving any problems. But God is doing something. The problem is not that God is not doing anything. The problem is, is that what it is that God is doing is not something that we like or that we see as solving a problem. And that's what you see here in this story. As it says, uh, over Jesus, the Roman government uh, put this sign that says, this is Jesus, King of the Jews. And, And then you see the leaders of Israel mocking him based on that also. In other words, you've got the Romans, the picture of people who don't care about God, And then you've got the picture of all the people that are supposedly worshiping God, all saying the same thing, mocking. And they're not just mocking Jesus. It's easy to just say, well, everyone's just mocking Jesus. It's not mocking Jesus. It's not mocking the church. It's not mocking this or that. It's the message that they keep talking about. And that's what these insults are bringing up, that they're, it's not just Jesus They're mocking the idea that the promise of God that he would send someone to save us, they're mocking the idea that that person would need to die on the cross for the forgiveness of our sins. That's a salvation that we sort of mock. But what are we trading that in for? Violence? They're not mocking Jesus. They're mocking this message that were that if justice was to come, it wouldn't just be these two robbers on the cross. It'd be everyone there. Pilate wasn't any more innocent than the robbers. You think he wasn't a robber? You think the Romans weren't robbers? They're there in a country that isn't even theirs. They've taken by force. They're the definition of a robber. We think our government's so much different. Everyone thinks they're so different. Back then, the religious people said, if we were around with our government, we would have never have killed the prophets. But what are they doing? We just always hold to this hope that we're so different. We're not really any different. Jesus had a trial. It was sort of a, a sham trial. But our tri- you can look at the cross and say, well, two out of three were guilty, so at least something was accomplished. <laughs> two out of three. 
That's not great odds. <laughs> you know, and we think, well, we would be better. The, the, the story, whether you believe it or not, this is what the story says, is that here's the people who had their system of justice given to them by God himself, writing with his own hand the laws. Here's the people that God rescued from slavery and brought in and gave them everything that they have and has called his people. If ever there was a hope and something coming from a government and a justice system, and what does it come down to? Two out of th- you know, one, two out of three? That's not a good percentage for us. What is it, 50-50? One of the things I think we need to think about coming out of COVID and just being faced with the violence around us and faced with how are we going to move forward, it'd be good for us to do some soul searching and find out what what is it that we really do believe. Because we're just rushing headlong into so many things without ever taking stock of what is it that we actually believe here. They say, well, if you come down off the cross, we'll believe you. Well, that's because they already believe in that. It's not like they're going to change their belief. Their belief was a king that wouldn't be crucified. What they're having trouble with is a king that needed to be crucified in order to save them. That's what they're not willing to believe. That's what we're not willing to believe. We keep taking so much hope in our innocence But for one, there's no innocence to be found. And two, even if we were innocent, tell that to Jesus. Yeah, if we're innocent, we won't be crucified. If we're innocent, the court case will go correct. Tell that to Jesus. Tell that to everyone else who's been in that position. We just think, well, no one else. That's what this story brings light to. None of us are innocent. Are we going to believe in the belief of robbers, which is, let's establish what we want by violence. We can either go that route, and we think, well, that's not what we're saying. I'm saying that we should earn it. We have a funny way of just sort of throwing words out there to sort of escape the violence that we're associated with. Are we really just sort of going out, earning cash, buying sneakers that are cheap, and it's not associated to any kind of system of of violence? We're We're not responsible for any of this that's going on. We need to take stock. What is it? that we're hoping for what is it that we what is it that we want because if what we want is to put robbers on a cross and for us to stand there and make fun of them we we need to understand that that's a solution that in the end we're all going to be there but Jesus is trying to give us a different solution one where no one has to go there he's going to go there for us and we can make fun of that we can mock that but what are we left with if it's not that They say to Jesus, here's the core of the problem. In the same way, the chief priests and the teachers of the law, the elders mocked him, saying, he saved others, they said, but he cannot save himself. He is the king of Israel. Let him come down now from the cross, and we will believe in him. 
And then they say, he trusts in God. Let God now rescue him if he wants him, for he said, I am the Son of God. This is religious people saying he trusts in God. Religious people that know of the promise of the king. They don't want a savior that has to die for them because they don't think they need someone to die for them because they don't think they've done anything worthy of death. They're trusting in their innocence. It's not that they don't believe that you should trust in God. It's the kind of trust that they're talking about. They're talking about trusting in God by trusting in their innocence. Trusting that God will come and save the innocent and take away all of the bad people. Trusting that I'm a part of the good group, that I'm a part of the good people, that God is on my side because I'm good. Trusting in that. That's not trusting in God. That's just trusting in ourselves, and that's just trusting in a delusionary idea about ourselves. If we really want a solution, we need to somehow come to grips with the fact that we need to quit thinking of ourselves as all these good people with all these good solutions, and as all we need to do is just separate ourselves from all the bad people. We, we need to come to grips. We need to at least come out of this. One of the things we need to grapple with is, am I a robber? Is that what my belief is? Is that what my hope is in? And is it that I just think I'm the good robber? One of the things we have to grapple with is our responsibility. And that all these things, this violence, that, that we're a part of it. We can't just stand back and say that's not us. We need to take responsibility for that. That's one of the things we have to grapple with. It says... The story ends, it says, in the same way the robbers were crucifying, that were crucified with him, also were heaping insults on him. That, that's a funny picture when you think about it. Here's these guys, They're, they have a few hours of life left. It's a gruesome, gruesome death that they're in the middle of, and yet in the midst of it, they're still doing the same thing as everyone else is, hurling insults. It's delusionary. It's crazy when you think of it. They can't even, even in the middle of being on the cross, an actual cross, even in the middle of actually dying, hours from death, we still can't pull out of it. <laughs> you know, we keep waiting for the situation to become so grave that we'll have to deal with it. it that's not going to help. There's something deep in our core that we're refusing to grab a hold of. And we just don't. Death is right in our face. It's not COVID that's brought death in our face. It's not all this violence that's brought death into our face. Death has been there in our face. We're all going to die. And whether we have a few more years or not, it's, you know, how many hours do these guys have to live? Well, if they have four hours, then it's understandable. But since they only have two, it's not. That doesn't make any sense to think like that. As we come out, we need to really grapple with who we really are. We need to grapple with and ask ourselves what it is that we believe. And maybe we need to 
stop being so, I don't know, careless, so rushed, so confident that we know what's right. But I think it would be a good idea for us to see that we've really been mocking God and not mocking God in the sense that we think in terms of he's going to be on the side of those who are good. and That's not what God's doing. The gentleness that God has and allowing us to continue to live, allowing us to be here, allowing us to breathe, just the persistence that God has in giving us life to begin with, a life we never earned, we, we don't deserve, and just fulfilling that life and continuing to bless us in a way that, that we haven't earned it. It's been gift after gift after gift. And Jesus on the cross is banking on God's ability to continue giving even though everyone else is taking. That's the faith that Jesus is calling us to. Will we have faith in God's ability to give even when everyone else is taking. And you say, well, if I, you know, that's silly, because if I do that, then I'll die. Well, Jesus had faith to see, let's see what happens. And, and that's what we're heading into with Easter, is, is what is God, you know, what is he going to do about this? And the hope is that even if people are taking, even to the point of death, that he has the power to give life. And the reason why that's important isn't just to add on a few more years into this life. It's because the ultimate question is, is what, are we, what is this all about? Just the few years on earth, let's add a few more? No, it's about how are we going to have something that's permanent? How are we going to have something that isn't going to be stripped out from under us? How can we build on something that's solid? How can we have relationships that aren't just being taken away by us messing up, by other people messing up. And the path that he's laid out for that, the hope is that he will establish something eternal. He will give us a home. He will give us relationships. He will build a place for us. But before that happens, he wants us to grapple with the basis of all that, which is the path that he's leading that we often mock, which is forgiveness. We think, what is that going to accomplish? If everyone just keeps taking, 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 the only thing it accomplishes is it accomplishes something in our heart. It starts to build that home. It starts to build that place in our heart right now. And Jesus is saying the hope of Easter, the hope is that this is true. The hope is that he will bring us to a better place. Let's pray. Uh, Jesus, we thank you for this hope that you give us. We, we don't understand it. It's confusing to us. It sets us off in a wrong direction. We think, well, we're just not doing. Help us to just accept what you're doing and to put our hope in you, to put our trust in you, because we really have no other hope. But help us to see all that you're doing in our lives, all that you're doing to give us. And give us a new start that's focused on your gifts 
and the path that you're laying by giving to us every day of our life. We ask this all in your name, Jesus. Amen.